just two quick things for me, and then I'm going to turn it over to our order. That's why we practice in this year. It's going to come to us easy, fellas. We're going to have to fight and claw and scrap. You know, Monday night, Buffalo, snow, wind, hostile. Nonetheless, how do we feel about a Monday Night Victory? You know what that means. It's time for Four Down with Scartelli. Scartelli, hit it, hit us. Thank you, Iron Bowl. These are the four downs for the Patriots versus Buffalo Bills from Monday night. Down one, Mac Jones. Sharp-eyed viewers will notice Mac's completion percentage for the game was almost four points than his season average. That, and he only attempted three freaking passes. It's pretty clear what this means. The kid is at the rookie wall like he's Dale Earnhardt. We can hope that this suspiciously timed bye week will allow Bill the Owl and Josh McSpread time to get his mind right and put some zip in that noodle arm before the real test coming up against Indy. But as they say, hope is not a plan. Down two, Kyle Duggar. Hey, stupid. We're entering year three of this pandemic. How the hell are you still catching the Kung flu? Didn't they have a prerequisite health course at Leanne Rimes University? You let the team down by not being available for the match against the Bills. You should have been there in the end zone on fourth and 13 instead of Miles Bryant, who no one predicted would make a big game-saving defensive play. That's your job. Two words, Kyle. Iver Mechton. Down three, Nikhil Harry. I'm not even putting him here for that fluky bounce that maybe contacted his face mask on the punt, which was subsequently recovered by the Bills. Shit happens. But you are a first-round pick. You should not be content blocking for the running backs. Don't you have some self-respect? Don't you have a conscience? You should be moving to the secondary, slicing like a fucking hammer. Harry should tell his agent to request a trade. Wait, what? And down four the NFL schedule maker. What on earth is the league thinking? Rewarding a team that last year went seven and nine with a primetime Monday night matchup. That's a game that could have gone to the Chiefs or the Cowboys. Teams with more than just a regional fan base. Sure, maybe the Buffalo Bills were the intended recipient of the NFL's largesse. But letting a New England team that nobody, nobody saw having a winning record this season play on this big stage is an affront to fairness. The only logical explanation is that the Patriots were scheduled as a favor from Commissioner Roger Goodell to his best friend in the whole world, Robert Kraft. Those are the four downs. We'll be back next time. This is Scartsy. And all this negativity that's in this town sucks. And I've been around, and, and, and when Jim Rice was booed, I've been around with Yashramski booed, and it stinks. It makes the greatest town, greatest city in the world lousy. This is Entitled Town. Thank you, Scartelli. Thank you to the orchestra and Al. Uh, Patriots 14, Bills 10, in a really polarizing game up at uh, Dildo Throwing Central in uh, Western New York. Uh, Dan, what were your thoughts on the, uh, on the Monday night game? Well, with John out, uh, I'll take over the role of Bill Apologist. This is exactly the kind of game that makes me so grateful that Belichick is the Patriots coach. I, I loved this game. I, I loved the strategy of it. Uh, I enjoyed every minute, even, even the tense moments at the end. I, I thought that this was a classic. Really? I mean, what more can you say to that? By the way, I believe John is out whining and dining Mina Kimes tonight for her keen insight on football. Mike, great win last night. Entertaining as hell. For those of us, you know, who actually appreciate watching good football, they, it was a football game. It wasn't a pinball machine. Your thoughts on the game? Uh, you're you're absolutely right. I enjoyed every second of that, um, despite white knuckling it through really the entire game. It was it was just because you were anticipating that something could happen at any moment with the ball on the ground. Um, it it was fun, and it never gets old. And if you didn't find that fun, I, I think you don't like football. Um, that was football. And uh, it was it was an absolute mushroom stamping. It was pissing a line in the sand, telling them what you're going to do and then doing it. Uh, I 
that was you know it was old school um upton upton's uh wig was was flipping around i'm sure um uh, thinking about bronco nagurski but uh i'll put my pom-poms down for a second and i i don't mean to step on the four downs here but i i do have uh, a couple of things to, to on the negative side here and I, I first would apologize to uh to the football gods and i've been kind of <laughs> Uh, resolute in my attempts to reverse mush Nikhil Harry into playing well in the past game. And last night was a message, I think, to that end. Uh, I don't know if anybody's ever read out there's read uh, Stephen King's 11 63. And it's in it, the, the narrator Jake Epping says that the past is obdurate, is stubborn and resistant to change. I think the future is uh, very much the same when it comes to football. You can't alter it through the dark arts. So I, I've learned my lesson now. I try not to overreact to athlete. Uh, non-performance. So I'd like to use my annual meltdown, um, on the keel, um, physical failings and like mental failings uh, in the heat of the moment are understandable even, uh, but this falls under, you had one job and I've seen people try to pin it on the coach, but this is, that's kind of day one shit. Just get the fuck out of the way. So that was, that was really frustrating. So I, I begrudge no one for, for a take on that. Um, lest I, I point the finger at myself. Uh, also, are, are we concerned about uh, Judon? Um, he seems to have been uh, subpar in the run game and less disciplined in his, his rushing um, of late. So we talked about KVN and last week in, in 2019 and the boogeyman stuff and the pro ball politicking. And despite being a good guy by all appearances, uh, it didn't sit well. So I'm not saying Judon's recent performance is in any way related to his pro ball politicking, but I don't like the optics of it. Uh, but I assume the football stuff will be sorted out. So I'm sorry to be a, a, a wet blanket, but uh, at the risk of cheerleading all the time, um, that that's my my two my two negative uh, takeaways. But it was overall an incredibly enjoyable performance. Watching the locker room and the the audio in the open that you played, um, it certainly it certainly moved watching that. So uh, that was as good as it gets. To your point, the only time the only time the Buffalo was able to score last night or even effectively move the ball is when Nikhil Harry stepped on his dick on the punt return, and I said in our and the the thread we have on Twitter as I wouldn't even feel the fucking punt the entire game because it's like trying to catch a knuckleball falling from 100 feet. And when they lost rush integrity, and Allen's able to get out to his right, I mean, he's that's where he's terrifying. But, uh, you know, I, I think if we're going to be on Judon, you know, whatever, they'll they'll get that stuff fixed. They're deep at linebacker. Scartelli, um, your thoughts on the game, four downs aside. Oh, sure. The, for the four downs, you've got to wait the negative. But the like about this game the team ran for pretty much uh if you if you discount the uh well lots of ifs involved here but if you discount the kneel downs and you know the unfortunate uh negative plays i'm pretty sure that they uh ran the entire length of the edmund fitzgerald which is of course <laughs> on the great lakes which is where uh which is where buffalo is located um, i don't think it ever made it to buffalo or maybe it did i have to check the ship's logs and all that but this was a this was a great entertaining game it was uh, they uh, they imposed their will against yes. uh, against Buffalo, which is which is a sight to see. And <laughs> you got to kind of well, actually, no, you don't have to feel bad at all. Oh, Scarcy froze. Top the AFC East because of last season, and last season is last season. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> and the and the idea that uh, that I I even at even at the you know the. Uh, the real pucker factor uh, end of the game there, there was a sensation that a uh, sense that the Patriots were going to win as opposed to during the previous, say, uh, 20 or so games from uh, 2020 and uh, the end of 2019, where things did not feel like that. They felt that yeah. if, things, if things could go pear-shaped, they would. That's a good point. And I've made the point earlier in the season on previous episodes of the show is that they lost a lot of close games earlier in the season because they weren't finishing and they weren't doing the little things. And that's what football comes down to, Dan, is that doing the, they are doing the little things now. They executed at the end and Buffalo didn't. And that's the little things that allows you to go on the road and win a huge division game. It's all coming together, Pepper, right? Yeah. This was such a coaching mismatch. I mean, we called it out on the thread during the game last night that – didn't choose direction they chose to to receive in the second half or defer to the second half i mean 
what difference does receiving in the second half make in a game where both teams are likely to be punting so often? You had one coach made his pre his call pregame not to attempt a kick into the wind past the 10 yard line. And the other attempted one into the wind from, I think what was that at the 16 or so. And when we saw what yep. happened, yep. Um, you had one coach deciding to remove passing almost completely from the game plan. And the other one thought his guy could cut through the 50 mile per hour gusts. And the other thing is it, I was thinking it t- took such discipline to have that game plan, that run game plan. I, yes. There was something that Phil Perry was saying today. He, he said it was both excess and restraint. And I, and I thought that that's true. You know, you, you, you commit to a, a plan that's, that's so excessive, but how, how much temptation is it during the game? Like, Oh, maybe we should try to break it up just a little bit here. No, no, no. Let's, you know, stay the course, stay the course. That was a percent, a thousand percent. The mental discipline that Josh McDaniels had on display to stick with that game plan and just knock their dicks in the dirt time and again was really kind of awe inspiring. Um, the Patriots outgained the bills for all of the, the hubbub about Josh Allen and, and his, his ability to, you know, put up large amounts of points, 10 points and the Patriots outgained the bills by 11 yards, had the ball 32 minutes. Um, to your point about, uh, Sean McDermott, the coach of the bills, is he the third Harbaugh brother? Listen to this garbage. He was spewing after the game. Uh, this is the press conference after the Patriots beat the bills in Buffalo on Monday. Frustrated and, and animated. How would you just explain the, the psychological component of coaching against Bill Belichick, especially when he's doing something like that, just running the ball constantly? Yeah, it's not good. Let's not give more credit than we need to give credit to Bill Belichick in this one. It was, um, whether it's Bill or anybody else, they beat us, right? But you sit here and you tell me when they start with the average starting, when we start with the average starting field position of the 40 yard line and he starts with the 23 yard line, and I'm rounding up in both cases. And we were one for four in the red zone, and they're zero for one in the red zone. You give me that ahead of time, saying I like my chances. I like my chances. So it's not. I don't think, with all due respect, it's not a Bill Belichick type thing. It's what are you doing with the opportunities you got? What are you doing with the opportunities you got? We turned the ball over at the plus thirty some yard line. Sloppy football. Mike, is he actually too dumb to realize the self own he did there? Belichick clearly owns a lot of real estate uh, in Western New York, but most of it resides on under the, his uh, bald dome. He really just an underrated, now becoming a properly rated um, asshole. Yeah, uh, if you had if you'd woken up from a, a 15-year coma just now, uh, maybe like our old friend Baskerville Holmes, uh, <laughs> uh, and you'd play that audio, and you said, should, should I hire this? Fo- is this a good football coach? Is, is this a coach to run your organization? And the answer is absolutely not. Like knowing nothing else about him, you would say, no, that, that, this is a, this audio of a guy after a loss. Um, really, you know, it's embarrassing. Putting it on his team, really, too. Not, it, it's, it's not, oh, we got to coach better. You know, we got, we just got to coach better, play better. It's, it's all, look, look, look at, look at this great position that we put our team in. And, uh, you know, we just, we just didn't execute. It's, it's, it's passing the buck. And he, this, He's just this Ruby Ridge survivor looking guy, uh, Jerry Callahan body double, which I guess roughly, <laughs> roughly the same thing. Uh, and basically, yeah, those comments, he just sounds like a broken man uh, and owned by a, a, a smarter man um, uh, just from a loser franchise. And, and of course, his players are going to take their cues from him. Um, you know, it's the cousin of if you give a guy an excuse, he'll take it. Um, and kind of, you know, the total opposite of what, how Bill um, conducts things. But I mean, do we even know if, if McDermott, well, I, I don't know. I obviously I'm sure he knows uh, the machinations of deferring and uh, the option of taking, um, you know, defending a, a goal as your choice. Uh, do we, I wonder what led to what level he has had that conversation with his staff saying, okay, what if, what if this situation happens? What if that situation happens? How are we going to approach this? Okay, what if they win the toss? What if we do? I, I just don't think other teams are having those depth of conversations to to the level that we know yes. the, the Patriots are. I I just don't think they're doing it just because they they seem to be spending their time on other things um, like being concerned about um, this kind of shit he's talking about in the post game. With the Patriots recently playing a Thursday night game, and now 
playing a Monday night game. And then with this, the bye week, you watch the red zone. If you sit down and actually pray tell, actually watch an entire foot, there's a lot of bad coaching strategy errors going on out there. Well, um, before I throw it to uh, you, Scartelli, yeah. uh, one thing that McDermott actually, I mean, you want to talk about, you know, not understanding the optics and, you know, reading the room or reading his locker room. He bragged about he didn't trust to having Isaiah McKenzie and Marquez Stevenson back returning punts in this weather. Sometimes you don't say that shit. Isaiah, uh, Isaiah McKenzie, I mean, that, that's maybe how you lose your team, maybe lose your locker room and undermine, uh, undermine any trust that you've built up. Dan, um, your thoughts on Sean McDermott and those comments um, regarding Belichick? You know, after the game, you were seeing the predictable excuses by Bills fans and some of the media. Oh, if only uh, uh, Diggs caught that that touchdown catch, or if only they had scored in here. You know, they're they're trying to dismiss what um, what Belichick did in the game plan, but you don't expect to see that from the coach. You know, his excuses yeah. show a lack of appreciation for the circumstances his team faced. You don't measure last night by starting field position or the, or the number of times in the red zone. I mean, the, the wind completely destroys the regular concept of what a red zone represents. I think there's a, not only do, is there in media, is there just an ignorance to situational football? I think McDermott's putting his ignorance to that sort of thing and the details on display. Um, what you just said regarding the, what you both, you and Mike said regarding the machinations with um, deferring. Scartelli, Sean, uh, Sean McDermott, your thoughts. Well, everything that the guy said after that, but completely negated what he said before that, which is just a low class move. And just, uh, you know, parenthetically, just uh, as an aside, when he was there going, you know, rounded up, of course, all I could think of was Leroy Jenkins for whatever reason. <laughs> and uh, this is, this of is course. This repeating, is, of course, repeating, of course, <laughs> this was a, uh, this was a coach and a team that had to to borrow a uh, borrow a line from the chat from uh, from the fifteen zone uh, cousin Oliver <laughs> Pete McNulty, just saying that uh, this is a team that had penciled in the win against the Patriots weeks ago, yes, and had and had done nothing nothing to uh, nothing to you know prepare for the circumstances at hand, and if you're a betting person. I'd bet that they're going to get monster throttled next game because they, they seem like a team that is just, you know, that just has a mouthful of ashes right now that they, they have no, you know, they don't know what to do. Wind their watch or the other thing. Buffalo gets Tampa next. And we are, we are all team Brady and all team Gronkowski this week. Um, I threw up a little bit in my mouth saying that, but, as Mike always says, we'll see at the red jacket ceremony. Oh, well, after sure. It was that. like, it was like rooting for like rooting for big Ben over the uh, weekend. Oh God. Our fun. own personal crying fun. game. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Was no, no, it wasn't. <laughs> I had no problem with it. No problem right. at all. I loved it. Yeah. The enemy of my enemy is my friend as it were. Well, um, we, we know the, we know how that goes. The enemy of my enemy is also an asshole. Well, exactly. Speak- it's a, it's a big, it's a big wide kind of thing. So I'm the next subject I want to go to uh, is Tom current. Um, speaking of the enemy of my enemy being my friend, um, current appeared. Um, he's on the post game show, the NBC sports, Boston post game show. But the first clip I'm going to play uh, is actually from that show. I apologize. I, I had it backwards. This is from um, he's on the show last night with Michael Hawley and a, uh, a female co-host who I have no idea is, but here's the clip of Curran right after the game uh, on NBC Takes Boston. Matt Castle, the feel in the locker room if you're Matt Jones. Yeah, you won the game, and I understand it's all about everybody it's question the game. Yeah. How do you feel in the locker room if you only threw the ball one time in the first half, twice in the second half, and I know that everyone's out there saying, well, you won the game, why would you think of anything else? Well, you were a bystander. You were barely utilized in the game. The threat of right. throwing was all you were there for. So, to me, there's there's that question, and also is the question of everything Bill does has a larger read to it. And part of the read, I think, with this is that look, we had the most decorated quarterback of all time, and people thought we needed him, and we did in a lot of games. But in this game, our biggest game of the year, we didn't even throw it, and we won. So don't tell me about needing the quarterback. First on the Mac thing, I know I just went on a tangent there, Matthew. I apologize. 
I'm not really sure what to make to that, to be honest. Um, thank you to Joey Ciara Mataro for sending that audio. It's both to me and the New England media pitch bot on, on Twitter. I think Joey's claim that this is absolute scum to not recognize the success running the football, to not recognize the insane wind, to not recognize controlling the clock, he calls Thomas Scumbat. His words, not mine. Mike, uh, what'd you get from that clip? Uh, you know, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Um, my my non-vouch vouch for Tom is documented, so I won't provide any caveats prior to stabbing him with this uh, with this trident I fashioned from the femur of a cadaver I procured from behind <laughs> Dr. Robert Leonard's offices. Um, <laughs> this is a take, and it's this is a take from Tom, and it's it's a shitty take, and uh, it would not be out of place from two to six on 98.5, it's just total galaxy brain shit. And I think given what we heard earlier yesterday from Senator Phil Perry, who is, uh-huh. uh, you know, he's, he's Tom Giles with an all 22 subscription. Um, PFF Perry. Yeah. Yes. It, it, it comes from that same place in Perry and Phil was saying, Bill in a couple of years, isn't going to want to pay Mac. He's going to shuffle it on. Just go to the next guy. Like he's uh-huh. done here. Look how easy it is. Um, so I think it feels like to me, this is how takes get snowballing and get rolling downhill. And Tom's take, I think, dovetails nicely with that one. Um, you know, the message that was being sent was not to Mac Jones. Mac Jones, I don't think gives a shit. Did not it was not him. about Mac Jones. No, it was about the if they were sending a message, it was to the other, the other sideline. Uh, this is our division. It's still ours. It's not yours. You won't be us. You'll never be us. We're tougher than you, and um, that's the message. <laughs> that was the message. We're gonna we're gonna run this every fucking time up your ass, and that's it. And that's that's what we're gonna do. That's the message. There's no message to his team. His message to his team is, I, I believe you guys can do this. And yes. I believe you don't give a shit how we win. We're just gonna knock their dicks in the dirt. That's it. That was that's what Bill, that's what Bill said in the open. We put together is like that's why we practice outside. They're mentally tougher. They're physically tougher than Buffalo. Dare I say, Buffalo has the appearances of a soft football team. And, you know, Scartelli, you made a great point. Um, you know, m- maybe lay the points. Um, I assume Tampa will be favored. I haven't listened to guess the lines with Cousin Sal yet, but I assume Tampa will be favored in that game. Uh, Scartelli, uh, your thoughts on uh, your buddy Tom either. Oh, geezy. Tom and I are, you know, we're like this, putting <laughs> fingers together. But uh, that, that's a... That's kind of a, a dumb thing to say. He's been he's been covering this team for a while. He was around for the uh, 2008 uh, end of the season game in Buffalo during mm-hmm. similar conditions where, uh, what was it, Castle threw for eight, eight passes? Eight passes, correct. Eight passes. How about this is just a, a distillation of that. This is this game and the snowplow game combined, basically. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Uh, Dan, what were your thoughts on, uh, on current? This is part one of current. Um, I have some more audio. I'm going to play from him after this, but Dan, what'd you think of, um, I, to me, it was really nonsensical. I hate it when any media guy goes after trying to determine what Belichick's motivations are as if you've seen it many, many times. Okay. Is this hubris? Is this arrogance? Is this what, what's the message he's trying to send? Uh, assuming that they have any space in his head as much as they he has space in theirs it's agreed agreed um i had it i had a just i had a hard time wrapping my head around what he said here but then he he records i assume this is right after he, he signs off on the television side he goes on his podcast uh the patriots podcast he does with pff perry and he says this everybody i want you to get one thing straight okay it's late in the evening, early in the morning right now, but get this through your skulls because we're gonna hear a lot over the next 24 hours. You've probably consumed it already. When Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels let Mac Jones throw it 40 times on a rainy night in Foxborough in his fourth NFL start against the greatest quarterback of all time in the most anticipated regular season game in decades, you knew then and had your answer as to whether or not they believed in Mac Jones. So all the horseshit that's going to come flying at you through your radio speakers, through your digital platforms today, about the three-throw night being an indication that the Patriots don't really believe in Mac Jones, that's just a way to cobble together four hours of conversation, okay? 
he's right. And I, I, I wonder if he's, if what he's doing on the television side is performative um, for, for the NBC Sports Boston ethos, Mike. Uh, it seems like he came, he came to a census there, although Perry's looking at him like he's got two heads. But that, that's never go full Volan, never go full Mina Kimes. Um, that's much more reason taken. I think the row of chairs is in the line with that current take. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I don't really mean to bury Horowitz myself on the back here, uh, <laughs> wrestling, wrestling reference. Um, I tweeted that at 11.18 last night. I tweeted, they don't trust the guy. They let throw 40 times in a downpour in his fourth career start in a matchup against the franchise icon. So uh, you're welcome, Tom, for the content. There you go. Scartelli, that's more like it, huh? It is. There's there's good Tom and there's bad Tom. I, I get the distinct sensation that uh, back in the Emerald Isle, the uh, the Curran clan had, you know, coats that were green on one side and orange <laughs> on the other. And, you know, whatever, whichever side was in the ascendancy, they would, you know, switch it over to just because, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're working both sides of the street is what it comes down to, which is, which is, you know, it's, it's a way of doing business. It's a way of doing business. It is. It is. It's a good but point. It's, 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 it's it's a bad business. You should, you know, you should try and be a, try and be consistent. Somebody, some might refer to it as a useless profession. You know, I don't, but actually I do. I take that back. Uh, Dan, um, your thoughts on, on Curran's, I guess it's not a heel turn there. I guess it's a baby face turn when he goes on his podcast. Yeah. So who's that guy? I like that guy. Yeah. So I, I think what we've established here is that we need Mike from route one to get a hold of tech schedule and tweet something just before he goes on with the network. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. Oh, it's yeah. like how you used to uh, program uh, Kirk show. <laughs> so you're the pro Mike is Mike on route one, officially the program director for uh, Curran's podcast, as well as uh, it, it, it was really, you know, I will say this for Curran and I guess the same goes for Reese. They're the de facto, they will be the ones to, when when bill retires they'll be the ones that'll be probably be taken most seriously as the chroniclers of the franchise reese was covering them i believe they both started the metro west daily news out in um mike on route one's favorite uh western suburb framingham on the same day <laughs> oh that's gammons and uh bob, never mind never mind uh, bob ryan dental hygiene um winner of the year bob ryan um they're going to be the de facto chroniclers and you know i'd like it to be the history when it's told um, to be a, a, a even-handed. I'll just put it that way. Uh, gentlemen, we have several emails this week. Um, first of all, well, our buddy Vinny has a couple of emails he sent in, um, but I'm going to start with... Do we bill Vinny, Vinny by the hour? Billable uh -huh. hours. Billable hours. I'll have to, I'll have to check on that. But I want to go with our friend Jim. Um, Jim was seeing tweets about Belichick's best coach game from some media members last night who hadn't put any thoughts into the tweets beyond hoping they got likes. As the three of us have kind of chronicled the franchise as well from our armchairs. Um, where does last night's game rank, in your opinion, of well-coached Belichick games, Mike? Um, yeah, I thought, it, I, I thought it was a great, uh, you know, the, the thing is when, when we hear this stuff about Bill, um, it's usually like, to me, it was obvious. I'm a dummy and I don't know what I'm looking at. And yesterday afternoon, I'm looking at the weather and I'm going back to look at the weather from the 08 finale. And yep. I said, okay, the run. And then I started looking at the run historical disproportionate run past split games. And I, you know, you, you it just jumped out. They're not going to pass the ball. They're not going to pass the ball. So I, 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 if you said less, what's the over under on, you know, is, is it 12? Probably would have gone under. I didn't think it would be three or you know, right. I didn't think it would be that few, but um, you know, so to me, the, everybody talks about the genius of bill. The genius of bill is his discipline as Dan alluded yes. to earlier. And it's his ability to, to focus on something and to, to not deviate from that. Uh, you know, they talk about uh, the Denver, Denver 03 taking the safety. I don't think that was a genius call. I think that was an obvious call, the yes. right call, the smart call. And that's what he does. I don't think that that's, you know, they talk about that in such like, Oh, what was, what's he doing? It's crazy. Like when you hear those top 10 NFL weird games things with the wacky sound effects and uh, Horace Mendel era is coming on there. Talking <laughs> about, I, just, I don't, I don't get those things. Those that doesn't, 
um, you know, that's the, that was just the right call <laughs> that, that, that makes sense to me. And that last night, that was the right thing, you know, uh, uh, Parson Brown on Twitter, uh, Dave, uh, he, uh, he mentioned that, um, he mentioned that, you know, he basically they, they threw it 30 times at, at great risk for a, um, you know, at 4.1 yards of pop versus four yards of carry. So essentially putting the ball at risk in that, in that weather, uh, for three yards, essentially. So yeah, no, I, I, it was, it was a great, it was a great game, a great discipline commitment, but I, I think that's what we get from Bill every week. What was the EPA? Um, never mind. I, oh, I don't, God. I don't want, I don't want the answer to boy, that question. Boy, boy, Evan, boy, Evan was, was really fired up at the half. Well, there's are they're still cowards. So fuck it. Anyway, the flip side of last night's game to me, um, the Patriots played the Vikings in 2006 and the Vikings had these two huge run stuffing defensive tackles. I think they were the Williams, uh, the Williams brothers. They weren't brothers, but there's no use running on the, on the, on those guys. And they're playing in the dome and you have Brady entering the prime of his career and they, they threw the ball, I'll have to look it up, but I think they threw the ball all freaking night and they wound up blowing out the Vikings in Minnesota that night. Uh, Dan, your thoughts. You know, I, I don't know where to rank rank it. I couldn't, my memory's gone as far as like, Oh, this game versus that game. I think the beauty of this game is, is just his, uh, his acknowledgement of the situation of the circumstances um, and, and just play it off that. I mean, he wasn't going up against all things being equal, the bill's best game, but he, he, he understood what, what the wind meant. And he was the only one looking at it and saying, okay, well, we've got to adjust accordingly. Agreed. Scartelli. Um, uh, what about you? Oh, geez. There's so much to go with here. I mean, is, is it the, uh, game that, uh, the game against, uh, the Redskins that, uh, knocked what's his face out of the league. Yeah. Is that <laughs> Joe it? Gibbs. Joe Gibbs. Yeah. He's, not, he's not recovered. He's not, but uh, a point can be made that, you know, you can coach well and still lose the fourth and two game in yes. Indianapolis Great it was point. the right call. And it just, uh, just, you just didn't get the uh, desired outcome. Things like that happen. You know, there's a, there's an element of risk to this. I thought, great point. This, this is just my way of, uh, this is just my way of backpedaling because I was going to bring up the uh, Denver and digital safety game. Okay. <laughs> Your take Trump that take. I get it. <laughs> so I had to, you know, had to audible. I had to, you know, Peyton Manning wave my arms like a crazy person and change the play. <laughs> You're oh, just trying I, to be a good teammate here. Just trying to be a good teammate. Good job laying on that grenade, Scartelli. Well done. <laughs> um, Dan, uh, from Vinny, did Josh Allen play poorly? To me, Josh Allen keeps both teams in the game. He's he's prone to make some rock-headed Bledsoe-like mistakes. Obviously, he's physically talented. He's like, I would consider him the evolutionary Steve Grogan, and that's both a dig and a compliment at the same time. Um, well, how'd you feel Allen played last night? I thought the Patriots, the Patriots planned, I mean... Again, the plan was great. Um, what are your opinions of Josh Allen? Just what do you, you see know, when you see him? I, I thought he played as well as he could be expected there. I think it was actually a testament to his ability that they came on in the end. It was it was getting kind of tense at the end, and he was completing some passes. They found some ways to to get through the wind a little bit there. I, I thought he played a good game, but only as good, you know, what did he, what did he complete? 50% of his passes. Yep. 15 of 30, 145 yards. Yeah. He also led Buffalo in rushing with 39 rushing yards. Yeah. So it's, it's with that caveat. He did as well as could be expected given the circumstances. Uh, Scarzi, any opinion on Josh Allen? Oh, um, I'm just in uh just in violent agreement with everyone here. He, he had a good game. You know, the Patriots lost contain on him a couple times and you, that's something that you cannot do against him. If it, it was, uh, but, uh, but do you, like you say, he's going to, going to keep both teams in the game and he's going to do that by, uh, by trying to, uh, trying to effort the, uh, pass into, uh, you know, tight coverage kind of things. And you, you can't do that because you get the, uh, the, the pass batted down in the end zone. And then it's just a matter of, uh, matter of kneel downs and, there you, you know, go. one, uh, and you know, one, uh, one cuckoo crazy backup there to you know, get one second off the clock. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Uh, Vinny's, uh, another e email Vinny sent us. Um, he, he remembers the inappropriately named Warren or ironically named Warren Sharp on Simmons's pod 
saying, run the ball less, run the ball less, run the ball less. And I really hope Warren Sharp's head exploded watching the Patriots run the ball all night last night. Um, New England's New England's accomplished the win last night by prominently running the ball. Is the Belichick model of running back by committee superior than just having one real good rusher in the backfield, Dan? The answer is yes. Depth. You there, Dan? Well, I'll go to Mike. Uh, running back by committee. I mean, Harris yeah. got hurt. Steven, Stevenson's a really good back. Uh, he's, man, he just, he runs low to the ground and you think his knees are scraping the turf. And he, he keeps going forward, and he's big, and, man, he is good. He, they're both really good. Two words uh, yeah, two words for Stevenson? I, Natron means. He, he's, he is tough, man. He, he, the, the leg movement, the drive. Um, but, yeah, I mean, of course, uh, we, we talked about that last week with, with the Titans. Um, we don't – paying a guy on a second um, – paying a guy on a second contract running back is – that's no way to do – no way to go through life. Um, and just, of course, committee is the way to go. Um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't ever probably want to be in a situation of paying a quote unquote bell cow uh, on, on a second contract. You know, you pay a James White on on, on, on further contracts. But cost, uh, Zeke right. Elliott cost. Like that. Mike, right. you feel, you have the numbers in front of you. There's some, you know, there's some absolutely, you know, bonkers number. Where they, if the Patriots run the ball for more than thirty-five carries a game, what's the numbers on that? It was eighty-two and three uh, going into last Jesus. night. Eighty-three and three now, and now it is. What was it forty? Is it? Did I say forty or forty-five last night? I don't remember. But it's, they're thirty-one or now when they run for forty times or forty-five times, what the number is. But yeah, uh, they're undefeated uh, in the Belichick era, running the ball forty plus. Uh, it's just it's it's crazy. That's a hell of a lot easier to do with a committee than with the uh, bell cow, as they say in the parlance of our time. Yes. Yeah, that's the only time that they've really had that quote-unquote bell cow. I shouldn't say that. They had Blunt, who had the huge year in 2016. They had, obviously, Dylan in 2004. But the model in recent years is to have, they had Deion Lewis, uh, Blunt, uh, James White, of course. Even you go back to the, 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 to the dark days, the Jackie McMullen trademark dark days, they had Lamont Jordan, they had Lawrence Maroney. I had forgotten Lamont Jordan was a Patriot for a while. I have no idea why I happened upon a YouTube clip of him rushing for a touchdown last night. Uh, uh, Daniel, go ahead, sorry, did, did, yeah, that was also, yeah, the, 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 the woodhead, the woodhead arrow. That was, yep. uh, that was fantastic. That was, yeah. And, and there was someone who scored, this is, this is a question I'm not sure I know the answer to, but who, there was someone who, there was some random that scored the touchdown in the Buffalo finale. And I think it, it was Lamont Jordan, wasn't it? Lamont yeah, it was. Jordan Maybe that's what I was looking at. That, that yeah. must've been it. That was it. Bill loves those beefy ex, uh, those beefy backs late in their career. Um, Dan, your thoughts on the running on the running the Patriots enviable running backs uh, situation? You have to go by by committing. I mean, nowadays with the amount of pounding they take, the, the it's it's a game of attrition. Yep. I remember when uh, when I was growing up, and and Dick Steinberg used to be drafting running backs really really high, and you're and you're thinking, why did he draft a running back in the first? What's wrong with the last guy that he just drafted in the first? But nowadays you. you you can't ha uh, have enough of the, the young legs. And you didn't, you didn't like the Reggie Dupard and John Stevens error. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> Two yard Depard. Was that it? One yard Depard. Yeah, one yard Depard. If you need a yard, he'll get you a yard. If you need two yards, he'll get you a yard. <laughs> Reggie Depard, by the way, I tweeted that a couple of years ago. He's a Richard Deitch type name searcher. If you oh, tweet no. something derogatory about Reggie Dupard, he will respond to you. That's that's my that's my <laughs> promise to you. So we're going to be getting an email from Reggie Dupart, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Reggie, it's entitled town at gmail. Can we add him in the in? Let's let's add him in the tweet and see if in when we send it when you send it out, <laughs> see if he responds. Let's add him to the show thread. What the hell? Uh, it's entitled <laughs> it's entitled town at gmail.com. Uh, I'm gonna uh, since John's not here to get cucked by Dan and final thoughts this week. Uh, I will lead off um, with my final thought and um. You know, we are the self-appointed ombudsman of the Boston sports media. And if I'm going to be intellectually honest, I've got to, and I can't believe I'm saying this, I got to give a tip of the cap to the BS urinals, Greg Bedard and ESPN's Seth Wickersham. Uh, they were on the right side of the Mac Jones only through three passes. Uh, Bill doesn't trust them. He's not good nonsense. 
Uh, to paraphrase California Bill, excuse me while I light myself on fire to end my own personal crying game. But first, our friends from Pearl Jam. I'll throw it to you, Mike, for your final thought. Uh, yeah, so I do have a couple media notes, two anniversaries, and a vouch. Uh, oh, the first is, of course, from my ne nemesis, noted scofflaw and public urinator, Albert Redenbarker-Brio. <laughs> Bird decided to tweet on Sunday that perhaps the families of the victims that were brutally oh, murdered in Oxford uh, would take some solace in the fact that the Detroit Lions earned their first win of the season. Uh, I cannot pretend to understand the grief of that level, but I am suspicious that the healing process would be helped by a 1-1 football team and a coach with an affinity for the <laughs> Oklahoma Dream. Um, this isn't the first time that Bert has tweeted something like this, and it is always curiously later in the day, wink, wink. <laughs> um, so uh, earlier this fall he tweeted a, a picture of a dead turtle after Ohio State beat Maryland then deleted it uh, so my advice to Bert is to stop tweeting after a bad ice cube especially when New Year's on the horizon one never knows what will slip from one I can vouch for that fingers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. we've all uh, been there Speaking of bad ice cubes, it seems uh, Michael Felger is sporting a shiner based on pictures I've seen, um, and far be it from us to speculate on how another man may have injured himself. That would, of course, be highly irresponsible, uh, especially if I were to start clearing my throat to imply, well, things, you know. <coughs> um, but as Frank said of Dean and Sinatra live at the Sands, Mr. Martin falls in the street a lot. So I hope that, uh, <laughs> that everything is well with Michael and whatever the cause is, be it clumsiness, or some Irish kisses from the wood um, that he's well. So I think we would all be remiss if we did not acknowledge two anniversaries today, one being the birth of the greatest Boston Celtic and with apologies to uh, Jurassic Bob Ryan, Bill Russell, Bob Cousy, uh, insurance salesmen and coal miners everywhere. This is of course the other forward, number 33, Larry Bird. Shout out to Andy Jick. The greatest. Um, <laughs> And obviously, the other anniversary today is that of uh, uh, the, uh, the day which will live in infamy, December 7th, 1941, and was, of course, memorialized best and most eloquently, uh, not by Franklin Roosevelt, uh, by, by the late great Robert Reed, the greatest Brady football dad, um, who was taken from us far too soon, <laughs> like those young men 80 Decembers ago, uh, entombed for a turn <laughs> the bosom of the Pacific. Uh, finally, a vouch. Uh, this is a, a nostalgia vouch, Scarzi. I have a nostalgia vouch. Uh, you see, uh, my remember when is better than your remember when. So I would vouch for 8-Bit Christmas starring Neil Patrick Harris on HBO Max. Um, if you're a child of the 80s, uh, this is a, a funny and heartwarming Christmas tale. Um, if you don't get a little, uh, a little misty at the end, I, I think you're dead inside. It's a, a worthy entry into the great canon of Christmas movies. Well, and that I is my thoughts for the week. Excellent vouch. You did not go overboard with the vouch. John needs to be taking notes on this. And Neil Patrick Harris is one of the greats. Scott, tell me your final thought, please. All right. Uh, we discussed uh, the Boston media last week and uh, the good folks over at the uh, BSMW Slack board had some thoughts on it. I'm just going to, you know, if you'll indulge me, I'd like to read two of their uh, posts with regard to that into the record, as it were. This is our old friend, Pat 67. I listened to Entitled Town. Good show. The last segment was sublime. But I want to throw in a few cents on the discussion on Boston's terminal sports radio disease. It seemed that the conclusion was generally that the formula was based on manipulating their target audience of Madden Framingham into being progressively outraged about something or another every day. I agree that's a core principle. I think there's another element that wasn't touched on. Specifically, it's a firm belief that the Boston sports fan, and by extension, its sports radio, is vastly superior to fans of other species. Precisely because we are perpetually miserable and finding fault with everything that proves our bona fides, our superior beings, because you don't want to be like those hillbilly rubes in other cities liking their teams, and being confident in their success. Only stupid people do that. Smart people see all the abundant flaws of their successful teams, and when they don't, they invent them. All of this goes to prove that they're the best sports fans in the country 
because they're allegedly objective, the very best thing you can be in sports. Well put, old friend. I, we've now hit, I've, we've checked in Titletown Bingo Scartelli. We have a major league reference. We have two old board references. And this podcast exists because there is a shared community. And I'll, I won't dry hump the, uh, the BSMW slack anymore. Um, so, yeah, we've hit our major league reference checkpoints and the old goofball board. Um, I was going to ask, ironically, who would win a kneecap biting contest between Sean McDermott and Dan Campbell, but uh, we'll let, we'll leave that to Albert Breer. Uh, Dan, uh, your final thought, you're in the anchor position. First, I want to take a lap for something I said uh, a few weeks back, uh, way back at the trade deadline. Uh, I saw an item from Mike Reese that was suggesting, hey, well, maybe maybe they should go after Rex Burkhead. And I was thinking oh, I was all over that because, oh, after they lost James White, I thought that was a key position that that was uh, important in the development for Mac Jones. And and here comes Brandon Bolden and has the, the best season, more than makes up for the, yes, for the yes. lost production. So I'll take a lap for that. Um, then there's finally this. I, I hope people appreciate what the Patriots did last night because it truly was a unique event bound in time by circumstance and ingenuity and not likely to be seen again. People hate running the ball. They say they don't, but they do. At most, they tolerate it so long as it's yes. limited to certain downs and certain situations. Lord forbid you ever call a draw play on a third and long. With that in mind, people really hated what the Patriots did last night. Running the ball 94% of the time, only three passes all game. It's downright un-American if you pay attention to social media. Yeah. The Patriots ran the ball 46 times for 222 yards and one touchdown. But the amazing thing is that they did it knowing full well the Bills would be lined up to stop it. The general assertion of Spygate is the Patriots knew what their opponents were going to do in advance and exploited it. That's exactly what the Bills had last night, foreknowledge of events that had yet to transpire, but it made no difference. They knew what was coming, but it came nonetheless. It's, it's like a dozen Twilight Zone episode plots. <laughs> it's not like they didn't try. They entered with the Belichickian game plan. We're going to take away what you do best, running the ball, and make Mac beat us. We're going to stack the box all night, and your only option is Mac's pea shooter, trademark Rex Ryan, of an arm. <laughs> but Mac never got to shoot his peas. The Bills had the answers to the test and they failed anyway. They had, just like they claimed about the Patriots during Spygate, a competitive disadvantage over the Patriots and couldn't take advantage. All the post-game autopsies were ripe with justifications, what ifs and excuses. Take away the Harris one and they only averaged 3.5 yards. Had the Bills converted in the red zone twice at the end, we'd be telling a different story. If only Diggs caught that touchdown. If only Knox could hang onto the ball. What Belichick did wasn't so great if it had only gone differently. They're all making the same mistakes as the Bills, looking for things that didn't happen when all they have to do is look at the reality right in front of them, running right at them. Well played, Dan. Well played. Uh, Dan is at uh, Patriots Daily. Mike is at In This Town 1. Uh, the purveyor of the sports drunk drawer, Mr. Scartelli, is at Pat Scartell. Uh, remember to check out the 15net.com for the sports junk drawer. Um, entitledtown at gmail.com. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Guys, thanks for hopping on tonight. To recap, it was truly just a, a fantastic, fantastic game that we'll probably be talking about on maybe in future years on podcasts. And just a really, really memorable game and maybe a, a and end to one of my new favorite dynasties, the 11 month never happened Bills dynasty. Um, so I'm going to remind everybody uh, again, 15net.com, entitledtown at gmail.com. And please, for the love of God, turn off your radios. And we're going to stay positive all the way through. And if you think I'm going to succumb to negativity, you're wrong. You got the wrong guy leading this basketball team. Dedicated to the eternal memory of our gallant shipmates in the USS Arizona who gave their lives in action 7 December 1941. From today on, the USS Arizona will again fly our country's flag just as proudly as she did on the morning of 7 December 1941. 
Oh, I must say, Pearl Harbor sure is impressive, isn't it? You know, there's uh, a story about Pearl Harbor most people don't know. What kind of story? Well, way back when they first started to build all this, an old island chief warned them against it. See, the Islanders believe that this was the home of the Shark Queen God. Shark Queen God? One of the strongest of the island gods. The chief told them that this place was taboo. And if they built here, evil things would happen. What kind of evil things? Well, when they finished building the first dry dock, it collapsed and sank into the sea. No one could ever explain how it happened. Wow, then what? Well, then they started building again. And the chief warned them again. Did they listen to him this time? Nope. Nothing happened. Until the attack in 1941. Well, I hardly think that has anything to do with the taboo, kids. Well, neither do I, Mr. Brady, but, uh, you know, some of these old elders are pretty superstitious. Alice, now you take it easy. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> oh, I feel it, I feel it, yeah. This lens is dirty. Oh, I think I do. Oh, never mind, Jan. Here's one, honey. Thanks, Mom. Oh, look at that funny-looking bird. Oh, what kind of a bird is it? Well, uh, it says here it's called a red-footed booby. <laughs> a red-footed booby? Yeah, and he doesn't look any too happy about it either. So. <laughs> I'm going to take a picture of him. I'll take one of you and the bird. Oh, okay. get over there. Okay. Smile, both of you. Yes. Bye, birds. Bye. -bye. <laughs>